<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, buddy, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast and the Gambling Gouchers Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael, Rob, and Kyle. What is up, guys? It's flight tracker season. S-Z-N. Season. Like four seasons? That's how they spell four seasons, I think, right? Speaking of four seasons, we're at four golf right now. We are live yes. at four. No, you're good. No, there's just no bartender. That was our uh, our first live attendee. <laughs> she got real scared. She was like, oh. It's like, like she, walked, she walked into the wrong bathroom. It's like, yeah, oh, crap. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> I think something's going on in here. These guys with microphones look like trouble. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. We've been trying to do this all year. I'm not trying to. We planned it to do it for the bye week. Very excited. Even though the four of us uh, ended up being on the College Tailgate Show about four times already. It is a bye week. I have a bye week question for you. Yes, Freddie Mercury was bye. Should we just... <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> Carrying it over from the, the, the... There's a Queen special on TV here at Four Golf, just for some context. It yeah, it's like a... I missed that conversation because I was turning down the TV. So that wasn't a totally random Freddie Mercury... Sorry. Was it not? <laughs> Reference. Well, because we were talking about the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Spencer, Spencer has recently watched it. Still watching. I'm not done yet. Yeah, I've heard it's a pretty long movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half hours. <laughs> it's fitting. It's kind of like... It's kind of a hard hang, guys. <laughs> it's just got just to tough it out, I guess. I don't know. It's a long, it's a long show. So normally you guys do uh, long intros to your podcasts. Kyle and I are the we opposite. Just, we just do a long podcast. We have no <laughs> intros. Well, what's funny is... When we started our podcast, which is just this season, we made fun of them like by name. We're like, oh, we're not going to go long, but like the 23 personnel guys, they do like an hour. It's like, we'll do 20 minutes. And now like all of our episodes, we tried really hard a couple of times. We got to like 35 minutes, but now all of our episodes are an hour and a half. So imagine if there were still like gambling picks. It'd be like three hours. We've also not done any (laughs) gambling picks in the last two weeks. It's just, yeah, (laughs) it's all been Joey McGuire. We're just the gauchos pretty much at this point. That's cool. I like yeah, we're like, we need to differentiate ourselves, carve out a different lane than all these other tech podcasts. And we we did that for a while, but yeah. not the last couple of We weeks. still make picks. We just don't talk about them. Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Action. Well, you, yeah, follow us on the Action app. Also, hashtag Hire McGuire, right? Hashtag Hire McGuire. Before we get to the coaching search, do you want to talk about the football team a little bit? The Texas Tech football team? The what? Do we have to? Well, there is still football going on. Football will be played. Someone else just fired a coach today. Yeah. Was it Akron? Akron. And he won three out of 24 or something? Ooh. Not or he was three and 24? He got offered a job with the Chargers this offseason and was like, nah, I'll stick it out at Akron. Yeah. I mean, we would have all done the same thing. That's a Seth Luttrell move, isn't it? Oh, he Luttrelled say, himself. When betting on yourself goes wrong. Is Billy Napier Luttrelling himself right now? 
seems well, like it. If you're looking at the game tonight, they're playing uh, Georgia Southern at home. 3-0. Southern is winning. Well, Southern is driving. It definitely I mean, he's still seven at one. It definitely seemed like he was waiting for a certain job. I don't know if that was LSU or something different. He's turned down Power Five interviews and jobs, but I guess word on the street is he's not going to be considered for LSU. So that's when he was waiting on. It's kind of like, well, you can either wait another two or three years and maybe it'll come open again, or you can just go pick a different job. I don't know. I don't want to pretend like I would either of any of us would know the answer, but why wouldn't he be a fit for LSU? That just seems... Why wouldn't they want a Randa back? Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, you've got a guy that's already in your state that's recruiting good guys. And it, to me, it makes it makes good sense. Unless, of course, he comes to Lubbock, then yeah. That's Although, unlike Seth Luttrell, he's bet. still doing just fine. He's right, not he's still like, winning. Yeah, his star hasn't waned at all. But Seth Luttrell was in Lubbock, though. Speaking of Seth Luttrell, you think uh, Mike Leach is coming back? <laughs> what? Please, No. <laughs> We just lost half our listeners. But. No, but on, <laughs> the football's still being played. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, the people who want Mike Leach back. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> what happened? We'll see we can't lose. We're doing we this. We can't lose everybody four minutes into the episode, guys. <laughs> the people who okay. want Mike Leach back are like the ones who have been divorced for a decade and are like, well, maybe it'll work now. We've grown. We're matured. Like, no, you had an ugly, nasty public divorce. And the time to move on was after 2009. It's amazing to me that people are still groveling over the guy. Like, he's the only guy who can win here. We need Leach back. It's like, he sued the university. Yeah. He might like the fans and have They deserve it, man. But it's like, this is not going to end well for anyone. And I don't understand why... It's like there's other fish in the sea. There's up and coming coaches. There's, but people have been fixated on him ever since he got fired. And I don't think he really wants to come back. No, no, right? There's, there's. He no wants way to win. He wants his money true. that he's. He wants to win owed. the argument. That's yeah. it. I think if he did get hired here, that would be that would be the victory for him. And yes. then he'd be like, whatever. I'm here now. I'm not going to recruit. I'm not going to try. It'd be a disaster. I don't know how people can't say that. Well, he won nine games. Yeah, like in 2005. It's over. And that's what you need to, that's what your divorced wife needs to tell you when you're crawling back 15 years later. So we're the wife here? It's over. I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I guess, well, and then I guess Kent Hans is the father-in-law that he's hoping just gets too old. So then I guess Seth Luttrell is like the stepson. Yeah, uh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Now we're, he was we're full here. here. It's, it really is. It's all It's all about family, guys. That's really what this podcast is about. It's what it's always been about. Y'all's too. You know, gambling gauchos. It's all about yeah, When I'm, you're at four golf, I'll your say family. this, and I mean this totally sincerely. If the move is to hire Mike Leach, I would have rather just bring Wells back for another year. I'm with you. I'm, I am 100% and, with you. And I, as people who listen to this podcast know, I was not on the fence about Wells no. staying or going. I was pretty decided on that. Question. And I know we've talked about loyalty on this podcast, but... Family. Friends. Yep. And Dominic Toretto. Olive Garden. If, if Wells was given the same budgetary perks no that the next guy was going to get anyways why like you know what i mean you know what i'm trying to say i do because three years ago they said all right we're gonna go find the cheapest dadgum staff we can find oh you're gonna bring your whole mountain west staff to lubbock yeah we'll do that that'll work it's like a bargain bin kind of find (laughs) 
I go back to Keith Patterson in the two dollar tie bin. Right. I go back to five dollar DVD at Walmart. <laughs> what could Cliff King, Kingsbury had done with this type of support and yeah, this type of if he had staff five from people the on the recruiting staff and, and okay, you can offer a counterpoint. Money. Yeah. Was Cliff's coaching network large enough where, like, even if they said, hey, here's a million point two for a DC, would he have been able to hire anybody worth that much? Not on his own, I don't think. Well, uh, maybe in year six. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Maybe not near one. And yeah, then but is, then that's a tough sell. Well, let's right, throw more money at this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is Wells disloyal enough? And obviously, yeah, you like loyalty, but is he disloyal enough? As much as he dragged his feet about firing Yost... Even as you said, hey, here's a million and a half for an offensive coordinator, he'd have been like, no, I want Yost for 600K or whatever he was. Well, then you could have moved on because it wouldn't have been a good fit because you understood that he was taking the cheap yeah. option. I mean, I'm all for um, increasing the resources for the next guy, but I don't actually know if the last two guys would have properly utilized them had they yeah. been available. So it's a two-way street so, is all so I'm saying. I asked Matt Claire today how far behind Texas Tech was in recruiting as far as what everybody else has been doing. And he said at least eight years. Oh, my gosh. With Ouch. the resources and the teams that are put together to recruit now. And that, Cliff, Cliff had one guy on recruiting staff. When that kind of meshes with how bad the recruiting rankings have been, Cliff had a pretty solid class, I think, in 2015. After that, his last two years, and then Wells, it was like, we're eighth or worse in the Big 12. Yeah, and like 75th in the nation. Yeah, and, you know, 60-something in Power 5. People can say stars don't matter, recruiting rankings don't matter. Like it kind of matters when your class is fourteen guys and Oklahoma State's is twenty four. When you're also not seeing a bunch of development beyond like Sir Roderick and Eric Izukama. Rico Dawson Deaton. Yeah. Rico showed up day one and was, was yeah, playing he's just great. about as good but as he, he was today. But he was the only linebacker in his class. Certainly. And yeah. we don't have anybody younger than him who we've recruited out of high school who's developed into a player. Yeah. So it's like Rico's great, but you need three Ricos every single class. If you want to win. And Easy E is great. You need three of him every class. And it's like the only thing that Texas Tech has recruited in the last five years is uh, receivers, huh? I mean, Sparkman, Fungi. Cleveland? Cleveland is a I like man. Cleveland, man. Miles Price. 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 Yeah. Mannix. And then running, well, backs, running backs. I think they've gotten some running backs in every yeah. class. And you've gotten offensive linemen, I just think. 
I think on the offensive lineman that there hasn't been a lot of development. You should okay. So there's 22 starting positions on the field, right? Your recruiting class should basically mirror those numbers because 22 is about the number you can take, right? You should have five offensive linemen, four defensive linemen, five DBs, so quarterback, yeah. But there were classes over the years like, okay, we have six wide receivers, one offensive lineman, one linebacker, zero defensive tackles. And it's yeah. like, what are we going to do in three years when all these guys are juniors and we well, don't have just, anybody at these just positions? Just go to the transfer portal every single yeah. time and then that's going to come back and bite you when everybody yeah. graduates at the same time. No, it's some, perfect, man. Come on now. <laughs> some talking head on, you gotta get old. on NFL Twitter today was like, this isn't Madden. And, like, at some point it's like, well, this isn't NCAA recruiting. You have to do what you – but it is. Like, legitimately is. It's easy to go identify and recruit numbers. Like, to get the right numbers and to get the right kid and get to the scheme fit, that all stuff is interesting and hard. But to just go get numbers, that shouldn't be hard. And Matt Wells actively just tried to recruit, like, 12 people a year and then just go fill out with transfers. It would drive me up a wall when – there were there were reports that like they stopped pursuing a kid because it kind of cooled on him. I was just like, how picky can you be when you have zero defensive linemen in this recruiting class? Like, you need a few guys, even if they're not ideal or and like I'm not saying reach you know on a guy who's not talented enough to play this level period or has character issues, but it's like beggars can't be choosers. We need some yeah. guys, mm-hmm. you know. That being said, I think. Recruiting needs to be the number one focus in the next head coach, and we all know who that is. But before we get there, moving forward, you got three games left. Who do you want to see play quarterback? I mean, it's Donovan Smith, right? Or Baron Morton? I don't care if you go. Look, personally, I don't care if Henry Columbia ever plays another snap for Texas Tech. I like the kid. Do you think he and Shuck are comparable? Because Shuck is supposedly close to coming back. Yeah, he was in. Was he in pads today or but, yesterday? Yeah, he's got another week of practice before the next game. So, like, is Cumby getting retained? Well, hang on. Look. So, on quarterbacks, Let's go to the quarterbacks. Since this is a <laughs> half gambling podcast, I'll give you a prop bet. Out of these three quarterbacks, Shuck, Morton, Donovan Smith, over under one and a half of them is on the roster to start next season. Under, over. Under. Because that's if, – if it's under, whoever it is is the obvious starter next year. Yeah. And you have no depth behind them. If it's over, you're kind of cooking with gas. You've probably got two bona fide starting options and or a young guy you can continue to develop behind Chuck if he's the one who stays. That's what I'm curious about. And I don't know how Cumby or the next head coach plays his hand there, but I think you need two of those guys because if it's just one, you might kind of be in trouble at that position. I think you have a better chance of retaining somebody if Cumbie's back, but I don't think you retain a coach or hire a coach just to keep a player. True. So the the, the one that I, I was thinking would you'd retain would be Morton, because I think Shuck had plans to to go professional or to seek those opportunities, and I think unless the running back coach Smith. DeAndre. DeAndre Smith is retained in the new staff. I think Donovan's probably moving on with them. So, Shuck, his options at this point are to try to go pro, which he does not have enough tape to do right now, or to move to his third school in three years, or stay at Tech. Unless you talk to Walter Football. And have a very good chance at being the starter next year, I would think. Especially if Donovan is gone. 
Because then Morton would still only be a redshirt freshman. Shuck is still allegedly this NFL talent yeah. being his fourth. Who's the best quarterback who's lined up for Texas Tech this year? Shuck. I agree. I think it's I would, Shuck, too. I'd say Shuck. I, mean, I think if he's healthy. Disagree wholeheartedly. Not miles away. Donovan think, Smith is the best quarterback who's played for Texas Tech. I don't know if we've year. seen enough yet for me to. I he's thrown 10 no passes. I've seen enough. No. He threw 19 I've against seen Oklahoma. enough. I think Smith has a higher ceiling. I think Shuck is already up there. Like, yeah. Donovan's got a pretty good ramp up ahead let's of him. See. I, think, I think you. Let's, let's, let's show Joey McGuire what he's going to get when he's the head coach next but year. But you brought Shuck in to be the starter. So if he's healthy. Matt Wells brought Shuck in to be the starter. Matt Wells is gone. Well, and Cumbie I thought Cumbie probably had something to do with it. But if he's healthy. Point. Same point. If he's healthy, you start him. And one of the young guys is probably going to go, whether it's because his dad doesn't coach here anymore or he's third string. But hopefully you keep one and keep Shuck going into next year, and I hope they play their hand in a way that accomplishes that. So you, you're saying that you want to play Shuck to end the year because you want Shuck to come back next year? Yes. I say play Shuck because he's, he's your best player. Well, and, and that, yeah. Ooh. Do one of you have a friend that ran into Shuck at a restaurant or something? Was that you? No, Was that you guys? wasn't us. Not me. Or I'm not going to bring that story up then. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Rob? Now we're dying to know. I, I want to I see Donovan Smith. And I want to throw the dadgum ball 35 times and run it up whoever's throat. Okay, so I'm going to give you this scenario. Okay. If Shuck, the guy you brought in to be the starter, yep. gets passed up at the end of this year by Donovan Smith. Bye. Okay. And then Donovan Smith's dad doesn't coach here next year. He's gone. You want Baron Morton with zero experience to be the only if, quarterback if, on the roster. He's got but one Shuck, snap, man. Okay, okay. this staff, <laughs> if Cumby, sorry, if Cumby puts Shuck out there, right, he doesn't have any loyalty to Shuck. If Cumby leaves, then Shuck leaves. Cumby probably wants to play the best quarterback because he's trying to get us bowl eligible. Certainly. Yeah, Cumby's not, and he's not trying to get somebody experience but, but I'm saying if he you probably play, won't ever coach again. In your scenario, if you play your hand that way, there's a good chance that going into spring ball, Baron Morton is the only quarterback on the roster. Yeah, all right, suit him up. If that's the case, then why don't you give him the reps this year so he's ready for all next right. year? All right, throw Baron Morton out there. Okay, what? so you're just anti-Shuck. You're a Shuck hater. no. You're saying shuck him. Shuck I don't, but Get the shuck out of shuck, here. That guy. We, we've seen shuck, and I don't think shuck returns next year. Why? So why put shuck out there? If he's not here, where is he? Why he's put on, shuck out there? Because Cumby doesn't return next year either. Well, you've got Davis, a whole coaching staff that Davis doesn't Webb, return. Davis, they don't care. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They're going to try to win a game like, like it, Kyle was saying. If Cumby's not here, shuck's not here. If DeAndre Smith isn't here, y'all are saying Donovan's not here. So... I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to the next year at all. I just think Donovan Smith is better than Tyler Shuck. I can't, I haven't, I have I not seen that. enough to know. What did we How see? About from, this? But what, what did you see from, Don, from, from Shuck? He's undefeated. Not as a starter. He stared at the sideline twice and threw pick sixes. <laughs> well, one of them, he had a broken collarbone, right? Well, he, he went out in that game. <sighs> yeah. He I, lost that game. Uh, he had a broken collarbone on the road, threw he, a pick six. Didn't Big play deal happens quarter. to me all the time. I threw a pick six on the I mean, way I over think here. it's a thin line. It's not like I think Donovan Smith is it, just way okay, better. But. Let me ask you this. If Donovan Smith were better than Tyler Shuck, why would he have started the year third on the depth chart behind Henry Columbia? And why, even when they started inserting him into the games this year, did they not throw the ball? If he's better than what we saw from Shuck. You want a true answer? Sure. Matt Wells is an idiot, and he got fired for it. <laughs> 
But what was was the okay. game? Well, hold on, that was the offensive game plan for Donovan Smith set by Matt Wells or Gumby? Because I, I would I say it's Gumby. I think Matt Wells said we brought Tyler Shuck in here for a reason. Let's start him. And then he said, "Hey, let's play the veteran Henry Columbia. And he absolutely made the final call on that. I I guarantee you. Coaches coaches oftentimes, and especially Matt Wells, are way too tied to well. Let's play the veteran. Let's play the guy who has experience. He's won Big 12 games before. Instead of rolling the dice and letting the guy with actual talent go out there and play. Well, he does have a long history with Columbia, too. Absolutely. That, that might cloud judgment a little bit as well. Columbia was the baked-in second-string quarterback before like, before the season started. When he arrived. Yeah. Yeah. He was. It's nepotism. I, I, like Talent had nothing to do with the quarterback controversy this year. I also Shuck, Shuck transferred in to be the starter. They gave it to him. Henry Columbia, by virtue of having played in the Big 12 before, was the baked-in second stringer. But Donovan Smith is the best quarterback in the room. I hope on that prop bet it's over one and a half. Oh, yeah, me too. Because then, yeah, you're talking like Davis Webb going into 2014. Because Mahomes wasn't here for spring ball. It's like, okay, we've got one guy who's ever played. Mm-hmm. And well, if it's Morton, if Morton's a lone ranger left after this season, yeah, he hasn't played except for one snap. When Davis Webb uh, put terrible ta- tape down at Cal and was a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah. Like, I think Tyler Shuck can do a similar thing. If he goes out and is wants to be in the draft process, physically he checks all the boxes. I don't think he's getting drafted if he leaves. Without at least if he sets the world on fire these last three games, maybe he has enough tape to go. But even that, I don't think it'd be a smart. Yeah. Decision. He has one year of eligibility, right, Chuck? After uh, this, at least two. Probably last year's a free year with yeah. uh, COVID. I think he was like a redshirt sophomore last year. Been there three so he's playing redshirt sophomore yeah. again this year. A little new coaching change. I mean that. That could come yeah, into play I, with him transferring right. out. or Especially if you hire somebody well before the signing day, like before they'd have to make a decision if they're transferring, if whoever the new head coach is can talk to these guys and get at least two of them to stay. Maybe Columbia stays and he's your backup next year. I think he still has a year left, right? I think he's a senior. Is he a senior? Well, he might be a COVID senior. Uh, Super senior. I mean, I'd take him as your backup next year over. Certainly, I don't think that he would stay there. Probably not. I mean, he, there are certain guys I think that are tied to Matt Wells. Like Luke Wells? Luke Wells, certainly. <laughs> Dave Schultz. Schultz came from Utah State. I think, I think Cumbie allegedly could be retained. And I, a lot of people on Twitter are hammering me for liking Sonny Cumbie. The offense has been good. Yeah, I don't know what. There's been some talent. Right. There's been some talent issues. Sure, but and the I, offensive line has been bad. No, I I have not had any sort of huge issue with the offense this year, and I think we talked about it on the tailgate show. I feel like I've said this before, but I've just seen some people on Twitter say stuff like, "Well, it's just so predictable. It's just such a predictable offense." I'm like, what's predictable about putting you five ran, guys in motion? Henry Clammy couldn't do anything else. <laughs> You ran the ball with yeah. 10 different running backs. Like I, th- I think you definitely win the K-State yeah. game with Shuck. Yeah. And you're 6-3. and three, It's kind of a different story. Nobody's happy about Texas, TCU, and OU, but I don't know. You're 6-3 and three and think you've got a shot at one or two down the stretch with Shuck, but with Columbia, it's like, yeah, you I mean, just can't move the ball. Even, so, even going back to those two games, you scored 35 and 31. 
Yeah, you also had like a million possessions because the defense was getting scorched. Exactly. So if Shuck doesn't break his collarbone, is Gary Patterson still coaching in Fort Worth right now? Oh my gosh. What is the butterfly effect of wow. Tyler Shucks? Uh, can, we, can y'all believe, were y'all we shocked that far? to hear that when TCU approached Gary about resigning or stepping down at the end of the year that he said no? No. Good for Gary, by yep. the way. I was being sarcastic. Yep. That is the most Gary Patterson thing ever. Of course it is. But he went back in Monday morning and helped the team uh, prepare for Baylor, which I thought was a stand-up move and did not expect. I, would, I, would, I think I am not too surprised by that, just by – how much like coaches seem to speak of him and the way Cumbie spoke of him. And I think, what was it? Jerry kill who's, who talked about that, about how Patterson came back and helped, helped with some stuff. So uh, that didn't surprise me too much. I think his persona is kind of blown up. I think he kind of has almost, I don't, I don't know any other comparison because I'm a Spurs fan, but almost like a Popovich persona where he's just a completely different guy behind the scenes than he is in front of everybody. So I, I'm just – what I'm saying is I'm just preparing myself for uh, head Texas Tech coach Gary Patterson. I had a pretty good Photoshop from actually when COVID first hit in March. I did a just like random hypothetical series of what-ifs that's taking the planes. And one of them was if we had hired Rich Rod instead of Leach, you know, he would have left five years later and his replacement would have been – we would have called TC, or, uh, Gary Patterson up from TCU back when they were in Conference USA. So I photoshopped like the old school double T on Gary Patterson and reposted it when news broke that he was out at TCU and everybody was like posting gifts of people like barfing. They're like, no, God, no, we do not want Gary. (laughs) Gary Patterson has not endeared himself to Texas Tech fans, certainly. To, to this you could group do of worse. In, in particular. <laughs> He's just blatantly lied about us. Yes, you could like, do worse. All the time. <laughs> they, threw fro- they threw frozen water bottles at me when it was 95 degrees at kickoff. And yeah. the fans weren't allowed to bring their water bottles in anyway at that time. Well, they had they all had them in Yeti coolers. That's how they kept them cold. Because that, that, that'll keep them cold for three weeks. football at my quarterback's head because he learned that at, at Texas Tech before he transferred to OU. Yeah, you, you couldn't have hired him. So either. y'all are saying no on Gary Patterson? Uh, yeah, that's oh, no, a I don't big know. no. I don't know. I mean, you know, he just, just seems like a good guy. He's got to get the guitar out. And- he, he would he would be ahead of Mike Leach and Art Bryles. I, I, think, <laughs> I think we would. Kendall Bryles also. So you're saying bottom five is? On the way up from the bottom. Lebby. Art, Kendall, Mike, Gary. Lebby is five? I think if we hire. Everyone. Baylor is just off your list? Except for McGuire. Well, he wasn't there at the time. Right, but. If We're not bringing not back Jim Grobe or something. Yeah, Jim yeah. Grobe. If we hired Gary, I think we would take a step back. <laughs> there it is. Can you cut in the? Everybody, music stop where you're at and take a step back. <laughs> I bet for, you. For those who don't know, Gary Patterson Gary moonlights <laughs> as a country music singer, and you can find this on YouTube. Is it kind of like a Duke Silver thing, or is it a little bit more? No, it's it's GP. It's just it's yeah. just straight up GP. Oh, GP in the Tennessee video. three. GP in the Fort Worth Five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would work out. So. I'd go listen to him. Uh, Josh Abbott coming to Raider Alley. That's a stark departure from Coolio and DJ Diesel. Walk a flock of. Favorite Josh Abbott song, go. She's like Texas. Adelou. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? About him. That's, I think that's the only thing I can. <laughs> Victory Bills? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Sure. Sure, yeah. There's some good ones, though. So, I'm terrible at, like, 
name this song from an artist. I, I'm terrible at those. I always clam up. I'm good at that if I know the song. I, watching Bohemian Rhapsody, didn't realize how many songs were from Queen. Was other part of that conversation we were having earlier. So head coaching, head coaches for Texas Tech next year. Not Gary Patterson, right? Yeah, right. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I guess not. I mean, I don't know. So go ahead, go ahead. From the bottom up, though, like, are you guys okay with like eliminating those bottom five? Art, Kendall, Mike, Gary, Delta, Charlie, uh, Lambda. I mean, are we saying Joey McGuire's out? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just like, here's your pool of coaches. Oh yeah, I would say no to all those. Because obviously, I, 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 think I think Kendall, I, I think Kendall would still be on my radar. Maybe not as the head coach. I don't know how people get out of the SEC, though. Oh, yeah. It would take a lot. It would take a lot to get – because the Big 12, whether we like it or not, and, you know, heck with conference loyalty, I don't care. But the Big 12 is just – they are not a good-looking conference right now. Yeah, Kendall obviously hates Lubbock. Oh, sure. His dad was on staff at Texas Tech. He graduated here, though. He graduated from Friendship, right? Go Tigers. And then he was like, no, I'll go to – where did he go first? Texas. He, yeah, he went to Texas, and then he, and then he, it was like, oh well, he didn't want to play for his dad. No, he did. He because he transferred to Houston immediately when his dad took the Houston job. He was another one of those Texas quarterbacks who put up insane high school numbers, and yeah. Mac Brown was like, "You'd make a good safety." safety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying Kendall would have been like a All American quarterback at Texas, but it's like Mac Brown tried that with JT Barrett, Johnny Manziel, Patrick Mahomes. It's like, dude, just let these guys play quarterbacks. It's what they're yeah. good at. Um, I'm going to test our listeners. If you want a picture of Kendall Bryles and his friendship Tigers football jersey with like frosted tips, tips. Yeah, as bleach blonde, uh, I have that. And so at us on Twitter, and then I'll I'll post it. What year was that? That really looks like my era. That looks like oh yeah, oh f- oh two oh four like early two thousands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That just I was like that could have been any guy real, I went to high school. Real with. early. Well, it's yeah. probably probably about the, the time old man over there. Well, you know what? <laughs> about the Back same time DJ Simmons had that. Oh, yeah. Who was it? B.J. Simmons. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear you. I don't have my headphones in. So Kendall's probably watching him in Lubbock. I was like, yeah. Go Frosted Tips. JT. JT had the Frosted Tips. The whole, all the boy bands had the Frosted Tips. Yes, they did. So of the coaches we mentioned here. Eminem. It was cool. Everybody. Everybody. Bryles, Leach, Gary are all in the category of I'd rather run it back with Wells for a fourth year than have any of those guys. It's too late for that. I'm just saying if that happened, I would gripe about it on Twitter. He may not have signed anything yet, right? And say... What if they were like, ah, Matt, my bad. (laughs) Can you retain... Here's 17 recruiters. How about you look at some high school kids and send it just transfers? Within the city, please. So At least within 100 miles. So the the four of us are, are heavily, heavily in favor of... Hashtag... Hashtag hire McGuire. Yep. The movement. I just want to praise Kyle for that Twitter movement. Oh, yeah. Heck He's yes. the originator. All I did was tweet. We've been hearing Kyle talk about hire McGuire in our Slack chat. We're going on 18 months They thought now. I was crazy. They were like, who's a Who? high school coach? Who's this guy? So, yeah, we're, we're, it no. wasn't a hard sell for us because we, oh, yeah, I know who that I, is. How do you know knows. who that is? Well, because I'd we never, know Kyle. I never talked to him personally, and the first DM I ever sent him was like, why do you have Keith Patterson as your? Oh, it's Jerry, oh, it's Joey McGuire. Okay, because <laughs> they okay. could be brothers, Keith Patterson and Joey oh, McGuire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so with with the way that the coaching search has, has played out so far, it looked like it, Texas Tech was solely focused on trailer. 
and then he ends up signing uh, an extension with UTSA. And then it seems like they were solely focused on Maguire. But then we hear slowly, like all the other names coming out. And then Don Williams dropped that like bomb of like 20 guys in that list. Like, whoa. So you talked to Don today. And, I did. And you asked him about the processes. Like if they get a, a solid interview from Maguire or from Grinch, do they wrap it up or are they, are they still going to go through this list? And, and the list included, um, who else? Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. Who allegedly reached out to Texas Tech. Not, not visa versa. Mike Leach was on that list. Mike Leach was Art on the Bryles, list. Jeff Levy. Um, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Billy Napier. Billy Napier, yeah. So. Elko from AM. That's right. Alex Grinch. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. If we can put glasses on right now and not see McGuire as a, as a legitimate candidate, who of that group would you guys be excited about? If anybody. I've been pretty vocal about wanting a whole staff to come together. I'm not as worried about head coach as most people are. If it's Joey McGuire at the head, I still want a, a, a really killer staff. Because I think a lot of the problem you've had in the last five years has been development and not just X's and O's. Obviously, there have been some really bad calls, like being up by 15 at against Texas at home and sky-kicking it. But that's still execution, right? Or at least that's what Matt Wilts told us after that game. So, okay, just, just but because that, that, that thought brought up a just thought in my mind about all of the, the issues that we've seemed to have the biggest problem with Matt Wells. Yeah. Special teams. Yeah. What, why, why is Tomerdahl getting the, the Art Bryles... <laughs> Like, no idea. And Kendall Brown's treatment. Like, nobody says anything about him. Yeah. It's all like, Matt Wells, why, why are you kicking on second down? Why, yeah. why, why are I've, you doing all these things? On, on, like, all the problems we seem to be having, or at least one, the biggest I brought, ones I can remember have been special teams related. Yeah, and I brought that up with Rob an episode or two ago on Gambling Gauchos when we talked about how much pressure was put on Wells to finally make a change of offensive coordinator. And I asked Rob, I was like, um, Steve Farmer has basically had two years to – re-interview for his job and I was like what did we do on the O-line through two years that made Matt Wells think the best O-line coach right now for Texas Tech is still Steve Farmer rather well, than making a change. In the infamous week of silence that uh, eventually saw Yost get fired yeah. I fired Steve Farmer every day of the week so, on, on the airline. <laughs> just just by like nature of... With, with Tom Riddell, it's like yeah. what are we looking at that makes us think yeah you know what our special teams unit could not possibly improve if we had a different coach leading that unit well, I think that's some of the reason that Matt Wells I mean, isn't around anymore. I want somebody to ask them, and you're a big J journal, Rob, so maybe you can make this happen <laughs> at a press conference. Can somebody ask, not Wells anymore because he's not there, but to say, <laughs> what evidence are you all looking at that makes you think returning kickoffs is a good idea? Have you all so calculated? I, I mean, it's just so stupid to do, and it's yes. demonstrably, it's not an opinion. Right. You can do the math and be like, okay, they're not taking it out to the 25. There were two kickoff returns in the Houston Chad SMU Townsend game. broke his scapula. Yes, we he's out for the, the ball season. twice on a kickoff return. Because of that. It's free. Just take it at the but, 25. But Houston and SMU both had a return in the game the other day. It won in the game. And if you have any evidence that you can return a kickoff for a touchdown, if you've got a, che- a Jakeem Grant back there. Yeah, I was about to say, when's the last time you had a good return? return it to the 17 over and over and over. And you get called for holding penalties no, and you next fumble. One's open, man. Just take it at the twenty-five. I love when they return it to the twenty-four. That's really what gets me going. They did all that work. I feel to bad. Yeah. Not make it to yeah. like the guys still not the get wedge, to the they get blown up. The guy minimum. gets his crap rocked. And yeah. he's at the twenty-four and a half yard. You could have just done this. And I did a fair catch signal for our listeners at home. No, we saw it. And free yards. You get to the twenty-five. I think what we that was that was a derail anyway, there. I agree. Our special team. Yes. No, you're good. Sucks. I think what we've discovered here is just Wells is just this he's is the, loyal the to theme. A fault. Loyal to a fault. He's well, loyal to his coaches. Guy, but he's loyal to players. His players. He's loyal to you know even when evidence kind of mounts in front of him. He's like 
<laughs> what did you say? I said he's not loyal to the results. <laughs> yes, he was. He's loyal to losing well, big yeah, loyal games. loyal to bad results. Uh, saying all that to say, sorry, I want a great staff in Lubbock and not just. So if you can guarantee that Anthony Lynn is going to come to Lubbock and then have a really good staff Ooh. and go get like a, I don't know, an Alex Grinch or a rising star and you're going to pay them $1.5 million to be here and make him associate head coach. Because I think Anthony Lynn has some cachet just as a name. But I don't want Anthony Lynn coming here and calling plays. No. Well, not just as a name, <laughs> like, but as just as a man. He's, yeah, he's just somebody certainly. I would follow personally and just listen to speak. He, he's very, he's just a very convincing, like commanding personality, but not in a negative or forceful way. And what would and that he, offense look like? What would the defense look like? Would he, you know, bring back running backs and just try to run the ball a lot? I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what that looks like. I was talking to Rob before we recorded, but he's probably the candidate I think has the biggest potential one way or the other. Like sure. I could see that wind up being a home run. I could also see it not working just depending on how it shakes out. But I can totally see him in a high school recruits living room and winning over mom and dad. Like, yeah, I want my son to go play for Anthony Lynn just because yes. everybody says that about him. High character, you know, magnanimous personality. And I think a lot of parents would be like, I want my kid to go be mentored for four years under Anthony Lynn. And then, yeah, you let the coordinators do the X's and O's. And Well, it's not the same it's exact situation, but would, would Herm Edwards be the most comparable comparison? I mean, because – Lynn spent as a player and as a coach, what, 20 years in the NFL at least. And so that's a a completely different system, completely different frame of mind. We all know this. And, you know, that's why we see somebody like Kingsbury who struggled as a college coach, do well as an NFL coach, all that kind of stuff. Everybody knows this. But is, you know, Herman Edwards has had some success. Is, Is that a good barometer of maybe somebody like Anthony Lynn coming in, first time college coach from NFL could... I mean, we were all wondering why Herm Edwards was having success and then come to find out a bunch of NCAA sanctions falling around. How did I miss that? Antonio Pierce was inviting people up during 2020 and they had like 35, uh, like after 8 p.m. visits to campus where nobody was there. Do you think there's a chance he like legitimately didn't know the rules? Yes. Antonio Pierce? (laughs) Uh, Herm Herm Edwards. If, yeah, well. Maybe, but if you're getting them up there like after dark, like obviously when it's closing time and nobody's there, like, come on. But can I, could you also say that that kind of feigned or not ignorance about how the college game works would play against Lynn? That's what I don't get about these NFL coaches is like they get an actual off season. They don't have to go chase after 17 year olds to try to convince them to. Yeah. If I were a coach and I had my choice of the two, (laughs) I'd I'd probably be like, yeah, you know, I like the NFL. January, we're done until summer camp starts. But in college, like your last game and you're back on the recruiting trail. Now there's two signing day periods and there's visits. And so I I don't know if he would want to leave. I think maybe he he might think that if he does a good job as a coordinator, he'd get another shot as a head coach. Or maybe he says, you know, I've been in the NFL 20 years. I want to try yeah. something different. Well, with Anthony Lynn specifically, like he got to the top. He was a he was a head coach and didn't go great at the NFL level. I thought it was fine. I thought he should have got another year. Sure. They yeah. really got hot at the end. You had Justin Herbert. That You have a lot of talent on that team. But now he went to the Lions, and he's obviously regressed at the NFL level. Does he feel like he's going to get another head coaching job? 
Because if he's not, then he's just kind of stuck at the Lions, and who wants to do that either? So I think Anthony Lynn's an interesting case study. You look at Eric Bieniemy, who's been an offensive coordinator for Kansas City for several years now. I think two years ago, Colorado, his former job offered uh, him the head job, and he turned it down. So I don't know that I don't know that Texas Tech's necessarily a big draw for Anthony Lynn. I'm sure it is, but can I ask you a question about Eric Bieniemy that might ruffle some feathers? Yeah. Every year he doesn't get hired as a head coach. Everybody insists that the entire NFL is crazy and that he's the obvious top choice to be anybody's next head coach. Isn't it – I mean, hasn't Andy Reid's offense always been – how do we know it's the enemy that's so how's, – How's Matt Nagy doing? Yeah. It's like it's, – it's not like he showed up and all of a sudden Andy Reid has got the offense rolling. Yeah. Like Andy Reid's done this for 20 years. And so I'm not saying Bienemy's bad, but it's just like we're not giving him all the credit for this, are we? Like he's just he's a disciple of Andy Reid. Well, doesn't Reid call the plays most of the time? I think so, yeah. If you're Eric Morris, you're not regarded as some offensive genius for what tech did for those five years. It's like everybody knows that was Cliff that was game planning, calling the plays. I'm not saying Bienemy's a bad coach, but people are like, Oh, he's such a slam dunk for whatever job. It's like how do you know that for sure? That's my only thing on the enemy. They've struggled a little bit this year too. So uh, I would I would certainly throw a bunch of money at uh, Billy Napier if if McGuire was off the board. I think Napier's probably my like realistic ish top three. Yeah. Um, coordinator wise, don't really want Mike Elko. I think it would be interesting to see what Alex Grinch could do. Just as kind of the young, hot, up and coming name, but. Would that be with, huh? I said it worked last time. Right, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm just, I'm teasing. I mean, is he is he going to come in and call plays now? I I do allegedly. I I mean, like, is that with Garrett Garrett Riley? Like, what kind of offensive coordinators coming in now? Because such an emphasis was made during the press conference a couple weeks ago on Texas ties, and some of the candidates' names we've heard definitely fit that description: Jeff Trailer, Joey McGuire, uh, some of these other guys, but others. I feel like a little bit out of left field, have no connection at all there. Like Anthony Lynn has never recruited the state of Texas. I don't know how much Alex Grinch is involved in the recruiting at OU. Um, Gus Malzahn was another name. Yeah. So some of these are not really who I was picturing at all when they said that was a big emphasis. I think Billy Napier probably has 30 kids on his roster from Texas, so I think he'd probably fit that description. I wonder if Kirby just assumed that they were going to go get Trailer. And he was just describing trailer as this is what we're going to go get. Like here's here's the guy so that we have. So it sounded like a perfect fit. Well, there's still the theory that he may not even that uh, he may not be completely off the board. Yeah, he may not be completely off the board because he renegotiated that way. UTSA gets a nice little bump for well, and he effectively what triple he's off the salary the board. or is it USTA? I'm not. He's quite off sure. the board. Well, he's he's on the higher McGuire train. Yeah, he was liking a bunch of those tweets. Well, maybe he'll, he'll he wanted to hire McGuire for at least another year. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's going to hire, hire McGuire. Yeah, I'll hire McGuire. DC associate head coach. Yeah. He'll cool come to that. Lubbock with me. Uh, but even if McGuire is the guy, I still want to see a great staff be put together. I need a, I need well, a strong, need to. I need a strong offensive line coach. I mean, if farmers are trained and it's McGuire, then it's the same old thing and nothing's going to happen, dude. And, and, you know, we talked about... No offense to Farmer. No, but and we talked about losing DeAndre Smith. No but offense, but you got to go. I really wouldn't want to lose him just because 
coaching wise, there's no reason to get rid of him oh, either. He did great. Running backs have been fantastic. Ian Falani. Falani yeah, too. Sure. And you know, Falani, of course, I'm looking at that as a little bit Are yeah, we you know, he's he's my guy. But, are we totally done with the idea of Cumby earning the job over the next few weeks? Yeah, as as head coach. I yes. think it's just I think reality set in after Norman. Yeah, because it felt like a slight possibility. I don't think it was anybody's preferred method or they didn't think it was likely. But after that game and like into the bye week now, nobody's talked about Cumbie at all. Well, that was the best Texas Tech played Oklahoma since Cliff was the head coach. <laughs> True. <laughs> Improvement, right? Yeah. That's well, all and, we're looking for. I mean, and who knows? You know, maybe he does make a quarterback change because he alluded to that this week that they're going to reevaluate after the bye week, basically, as to who's going to start against Iowa State. If, if he does some miraculous 3-0 run here, then – yeah, I think his name should be back in there. But if Henry Columbia trots cool. out for the first snap against Iowa State, Sonny Cumbie should not get the next head coaching job. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. It's true. I would say it depends on who's healthy, right? Like if he's the only no, healthy guy. Unless, <laughs> no, it doesn't. One caveat. Unless you've lined up Donovan Smith as a wide receiver on that first play and it's like a reverse pass. Yeah. Because they did that with, like, Michael Brewer. They ran, like, a backwards pass bubble screen to him, and then he threw it downfield one yeah. time. That's the only scenario in which okay. Henry Columbia can trot out for the first right. snap. And, I mean, I, and I, that was another scenario where, like, the broadcasting crew got all f- in a tizzy because, like, Brewer's number was not right. And the – What was it, Tim Brando? Preg- I, that, I, I, that was I, Travis Bruffy. Yeah. On the and that was at o- Oklahoma State. But, like, I, rem- I remember having the same thoughts where, like, the guys – um, they were trying to figure out who it was that threw that pass because it, it wasn't Brewer's normal number. Um, anyways. Do you want to say anything about uh, Dusty Dvorak and his thoughts about Texas Tech? The I national media this week and just... I saw ball. some stuff on Twitter, but I, I was didn't. watching and I didn't have audio, so I don't know what was said. He, he, he basically took the same stance of like, why is Texas Tech firing a 5-3 and three coach? He was the color guy during the... As, as, Oklahoma game. as Tech was losing 55-21, I think he was still making those yeah. arguments, right? Or whatever the score well, they was. Got, they doubled down late in the game, yeah. Yeah. Because they stopped talking about the game pretty early. Right. I guess I don't expect them to know much more. Like, I'm confident if they were debated by one of the, Rob or myself for 30 minutes, they would look stupid <laughs> saying what they're saying. One well, of the five things, and three, aren't you? Uh, right. One of the things that stuck out with me the most, I don't know if y'all caught this because this didn't get around on Twitter as much. Well, I mean, this, this Texas Tech team, this is one of the best defenses they've had in 20 years. Those exact best, words came out of his mouth. The best rushing defense? I don't know. Outside he did of, not specify. What's funny is I, I heard that. It, it is one of the best defenses that Texas Tech has had in the last 10 years. He said 20. Going back to, what, 09? And since 2011, this is certainly the best defense that Texas Tech has had. Oh, I I, I don't disagree necessarily. That's how, like, not good that this defense is. But since 2001, no, it's not. No. No, not since 2001 for sure. So we all think that this defense is bad. And we all also said. I don't think, hold on. I don't think this defense is well. well, (laughs) I think this defense has had two bad games. Sure. Okay. Three. Oklahoma's just better than you. Um, are they, Oklahoma are they, was are losing they, to you, Kansas in the fourth quarter. Are seven they you only the let text, them punt the text, one drive better than you? Three games. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think the defense is like great, but 
If you remember the 2014 through 2016 defense. This, yes, I mean, this defense a, is not bad. You did 40. not have a prayer, and I do not feel like that with this current defense. I'm like, yeah, they could make a stop. They could play an entire good game, maybe. The 2014 through 2016 was like, they're just going to hand the ball off at the middle and or torch us any way they please. And that was a that was a horrible feeling, honestly. Yeah, I don't have that with this Well, team. we've had that twice this year. Is anybody it wasn't every single time you lined up this <laughs> right, year. Right. right. Yeah. Is anybody else surprised about the, the level of defense being played around the rest of the conference? Because going into the season, we thought if your defense is giving up 30 points a game, you've got a great shot. Our Big 12 but defenses, you're like seventh in scoring on. defense. Are Big 12 defenses better or are Big 12 offenses worse? Because you, I think Big 12 offenses game, are slower. Points per game. Yeah, I was about to say points per game. You're not running nearly as many plays as you were. Like in 2008, 90 plays a game, both offenses. 2012, everyone's lighting it up. And that Baylor, game that everybody Baylor's talks running about, 132 plays a game. <laughs> that, that, that game everybody talks about with Texas Tech and Oklahoma yeah, five years ago. Yeah. Mahomes had 88 pass attempts. Yeah. You're not running 80 plays anymore. I mean, that's yeah, two games. 70 plays. That's two games in today's Big 12. Two and a half. Yeah. I think two things are kind of true at once. Like it's a pendulum that's swinging back from, yeah, those days of peak air raid. Everybody's going tempo, spread all that kind of coming back toward, okay, run the ball, ball control, and people copy each other. Like the air raid was unique at one point in time, and then it was what everybody was running, and now everybody's kind of going back on the pendulum together. And so, yeah, you're running fewer plays, slower tempo, running the ball more. I don't think the quarterback talent is super great across the conference. What what quarterbacks that are starting today would have started in even 2012? Caleb Williams. 2008 or – yeah. yeah. Like, like, but Caleb Williams wouldn't have started over uh, Sam Bradford. Maybe. Brock Purdy has regressed. I think Skylar Thompson did start in 2012. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. But he wouldn't have started over Colin Klein. That's true. Gary or Jerry Bohannon is Definitely fine, wouldn't have started. But, but he's not why they're no. winning. Um, of course, in that he offense, wouldn't have started over everyone, Bryce Petty or RG3 yeah. or... TCU. Henry Columbia, is he lining up at, uh, over Seth Diggy? Yeah, right. Um, God, Seth Diggy was good. Or even Graham Harrell. Like Graham Harrell. Virginia. Yeah. Had Geno Smith. Uh, I think Graham Harrell would start for every Big 12 team this year. Yeah. Maybe. So would Colt McCoy. Yeah. Case and McCoy. Sam Bradford and David Ash. So I'm just saying, like, Chase Daniel. the talent level at quarterback in the Big 12 is just bad. And they're still torching Texas Tech, which is sad too. But they torched them on the ground. I mean, I, I, yes, well, yeah, I Oklahoma TCU did sure. do it through the year. And yeah. and my, if you remember from the preview, I said you just you have to try to slow down the rushing attack. They didn't run the ball. They didn't have to. No, I was like, just force Caleb Williams to throw the. They did. They, they did that well. Yeah. Same thing happened with Case State. Like, like, oh, just put, make Skylar Thompson throw 300 yards on you. Well, and he, he did. did. And he did. He did. And I was like, you, you're, the passing game is going to open up for you against Oklahoma because their pass defense is trash. And Can I ask you all a question? You scored 21 points. Doing a total 180 here? Yep. Do you all think that the athletic department encourages Twitter accounts with large followings to run polls to get the pulse of the people, so to speak? Are you asking if I get paid for my Pulse of the People Not polls? you. <laughs> not, and not paid. Are you saying I don't do have you? a large following? I do. <laughs> but I Rob, feel like there's been paid? a lot of polls over like, <laughs> would you approve of Mike Leach coming back? Would you prefer Joey McGuire or Mike Leach? Of these four, who would you prefer? And I'm like, are they just, are they actually polling the 
are these people just so are you saying like they're asking Red Raider Sports and RC yeah like does somebody from the athletic department slide into RC Maxfield's DMs and say hey no these four names just see no nobody's asking him to do that (laughs) he's not sliding into RC Maxfield's DMs asking him to TTU Hoops fan Maybe like a million RC right for Red Raider Sports? No, he's, no, he's, he's, he's moved. He, he works for Chat Sports. On I'm not convinced that some of that is not like. I'll tell you what. I do a lot of polls, like you're talking about. I've never once been contacted by Robert Giovanetti, except for when I wrote a story about the volleyball team. No, the bas- the women's basketball team. I think it was the Marlene Stallings era. I think and that's he was exactly, like just a couple things that, that might not be accurate in your story. And I think I was that's like, exactly right, Gio, what you it. would say if you were planting polls I mean, on behalf of the athletic. I mean, you are. He does drop off envelopes of cash in my truck every Wednesday, but it's not for the polls of the people. Rob is known in many circles as the pole assassin. That's true. <laughs> that's pole assassin was my nickname in high school. <laughs> anyway, I just think some of these nice. polls are a little bit charged fishy. by the pound. <laughs> So do we have some basketball? Uh, what have we been going an hour? The um, fifty-two minutes. Yeah, let's do some basketball. Uh, Only thing I have to say about basketball is their first opponent is like the North Florida osprey. Yeah, that's a cool. Do you know what an osprey is? Yeah, it's like it's a, a bird, dinosaur bird thing. It's also a military yeah, aircraft. Yeah, video- kick-ass helicopter yeah, plane thing. Thing. Helicopter, That's what yeah. I know an osprey is. Have you ever seen the video of the osprey? that's like carrying a shark, yeah. like flying over yes. a beach filled with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insane. Well, that's that's who we're playing. That's how I felt when I would go well, to that's, my. I mean, they're not coming out. The Osprey isn't coming down to the <laughs> that's USA. That's what it said on the radio. My uh, my in laws used to live in Crestview, Florida, Panhandle, Florida, and there's a air base there, and the Ospreys would fly over, and I would always go outside like a little kid. This was like six months ago. I could hear it. Oh, there's an Osprey. I gotta go check it out. So I've been was, inside an Osprey. And, what? And air show in Hobbs. Three, four years you ago. Like a lot more Star airplane Wars, talk on this show. From the gut and crawled in or what? Oh, the helicopter? <laughs> the helicopter. He's a smuggler. Uh, you mentioned some props, though. Did you want to do a what, lead did, score? Did, or? Okay, so basketball related, though. You, you yeah. I was like, you're going to move on from basketball after we just talked about? No, I, I thought we were having some basketball <laughs> the, props. The mascot, okay. Kyle, before we came on, I was like, I'll definitely have some props for you guys. Um, <laughs> so I had Did you not say that? I had a prop, and it was how many quarterbacks of the three oh. I mentioned will be on the roster next I year. Thought you, I thought you were specifically Speaking saying basketball props. props so leading in. scorer this year uh, will be? Tara Shannon Or Kevin O'Banner. Which one? Or Bryce. Somebody Kevin McCuller. Named, somebody named Kevin. Davion I'm going, I'm going Kevin McCuller. Leading scorer. Starting five. K-Mac. Yeah. O'Banner. Yeah. Bryson Williams. Yeah. Terrence Shannon. Yeah. And you need a point guard probably, right? Kevin McCullers is the point guard. Really? Yep. Is there, so? is there a five in there? That's what's been a said. A big guy in there? Uh, I think Bryson Williams and O'Banner will be the I'll let you Bryson Williams from uh, yeah. Yeah, UTEP. Um, I don't know who's number four. Who's the fifth? Probably a newer face, maybe. We don't think Nadolny's going to be the starting. Yeah, he's still kind of Didn't Adam injured. Say no, that, uh, I feel like with that group, you need a good... Another guard who can, like a combo guard who can also yeah. shoot. And I don't know enough about our transfers. Uh, Siddhar Calhoun. You think he'd fit that bill? Yeah. As a starter, though? But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, a lot of those guys, the kid from Hampton, oh. the kid from uh, Louisiana. Or Agbo could be in the, in the mix, Ooh, too. Certainly. Agbo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Seth had us, visit stakingtheplains.com, by the way. Seth had us do a roundtable a while back. 
and just kind of asked who's the starting five. And I think we all came up with different starting fives. And and I really had trouble with it because you just feel like, well, who, who do you leave out? You look at this roster and, and you feel like, well, okay, well, who's going to be your sixth man? Is it going to be KJ Allen? Is he going to come off the bench? Is there enough a spark or, or what's, or there's, I, I feel like Adams could comfortably do a 10 man well, rotation. Want, do you want Santos Silva and KJ Allen to be in the game at the same time in your second rotation? Because that, limits a lot of what you do offensively is it is it a good thing or a bad thing that a full-time starter from last year mss is now not going to be a starter it's a good thing you out recruited them well and he's he's a character guy you know not to use like a a blue guy term yeah but he's he's one of those guys that i think he would embrace whatever role he's given and so I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't look that as a. I think negative. you'll sort of have two sixth mans, sixth men. MSS in the post. I bet the three of them, O'Banner, Williams, and MSS, will more or less share the load there. And then you probably have a sixth guard, a six-man guard type to kind of just rotate with the others. And that would give you seven in your kind of main rotation. I bet they find an eighth or ninth that also gets some run. Bacho. Anybody? I, yeah, I don't know. I doubt we're going to see Bacho. Nah, he's probably too raw, right? Not much Obacho. I, I do want to see Bacho will be better than Chua and Vladislav. Some of the, the last few, because he's been in college for a year. This is his second stop. He's a big fan I of I do want to see some of Nadolny. I liked what I saw from him toward the end of last year. Yes. He's not perfect. He can't do everything. But if he can give you a good 12 to 18 minutes for and what he does. not get fouls in that time. Yeah. Or just well, do it won't that. take him that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if that's his, or just come that's in his role. Just, be the pesky guy. Sure. Yeah. I think he's someone who can, if they run that full court press like they've talked about, he's a guy that can just feast on some steals and just trying to get, yeah. get in the way of people and mess up somebody's day. Uh, where do you have a guest? Never mind. Are you trying to set up your next show? Yeah, we have a guest on Sunday. On the air? On the Gambling Gauchos. Yeah. But I was uh, going to say... A, a we tentative. Need to get, oh, it is tentative? Yes, it's tentative. Should we double tentative uh, and maybe try to get Ryan Mainville on the pod? Um, Ryan so Mainville, we, he's he's our main money man. Main man, money or, Mainville or, from uh, Emory The Little Madness. Two guys from The Madness. Should we save Mainville for... Like a more interesting game. Sure. Well, he could be a friend of the show type. I, we could have a preseason could. with him yeah. and then bring oh, yeah. him back a couple times. Just like you did with BJ Simmons. That's okay. We'll cut all this yeah, out. Yeah, you know what? BJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gambling couches, Apple, Spotify. <laughs> Guys, Sorry. Just, have y'all never listened to our podcast? This is what we do. Spencer, Michael, what do y'all think about here. everything? Our, the last 10 minutes of our last podcast was just us talking about the next episode or like how we should book BJ again. It's cool. Ours is usually talking about barbecues or something. So yeah, maybe we shouldn't just part of our shtick though. Plan (laughs) future episodes while we're recording. (laughs) So I'm not very good listening. So Alton Brown is in Lubbock today. Who's that? Uh, what? So you, you, you told him to go to bonus burger cash only. Yes. I just wanted him to know that if he didn't have cash, he couldn't go to bonus burger. What other local restaurants would you tell for Kyle here, a celebrity to go to? So he he did go to Dirk's for lunch, which I think was yeah. a good spot. Um, for another burger place, Christakis. Yes, oh, Christakis yeah. is Get up the there. Burger. I would tell yeah. him to go to any restaurant that's a 
member of the uh, Lubbock, Lubbock Chamber of Commerce. There it is. There Eddie it is. Mays the shack for barbecue. What are we, 108 minutes in? Specifically, uh, <laughs> so, the under? Yeah. Th- there was somebody from Dallas in Lubbock a few weeks ago, and they were asking me, they were like, if there's one food place we need to hit in Lubbock that kind of like embodies the food scene here, what is it? And I kind Cujos. of thought on it. What? Cujos. Cujos. I'll tell you what, the fried Cujos pickles before golf was really good. Hey, I'm not, I'm hang not on, I need to finish the story. Knock on Cujos. But I did good. used to live at 4th and Milwaukee, and Cujos I love Cujos. was a staple. There you go. Yeah. But, so I was thinking, I was like, okay. I, was, that, I, was, I wasn't joking. No. It was, typifies Lubbock. I was like, so there's this place called Orlando's, uh, and it's kind of like Tex-Mex Italian. Yeah. Because they've got, you know, green chili in their spaghetti, and they have like mafia queso. It's like Alfredo with queso. So they're like, Tex-Mex Italian. And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a twist on it for sure. So I don't know if I answered that question. I think we're, I think Orlando's is pretty Orlando's good. Orlando's is a good one. Orlando's Be- Caprock? Yeah. yeah. Either of those. Can you search out that the queso sponsorship? Yeah, we're always on the lookout oh, for the queso sponsorship. Yeah, that'd be a dream. Yeah, Orlando's, the last time I went there, to speak to what you were just saying, Kyle, I got a cheeseburger, but the bun was garlic toast. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And I think there was marinara involved. I don't even remember. It was great, though. It was really good. But yeah, it is just kind of whatever. I think Kegels is an experience, them? too. Besides Cujo's, where, where would you send them? Uh, for golf. Ah, oh, for golf. Yeah. That's where you got to go. It's the full experience here. It's, lo- it's locally owned. Yeah. Got some legit salsa here. No, I would have gone. Uh, that salsa was sneaky hot. I love yeah. it. It's pretty good. good. Apps. Some bonus burger. They haven't cleaned that grill since 1972. Bonus oh, burger. Just, just Pete's, Pete's drive-in. Pete's, drive-in. Pete's is underrated. Some chili cheese tots. Mm. 23 personnel wear food and football. <laughs> clash and cola. Food and sports, man. Food and sports. Oh, that? Food and sports. Clash My bad. And that clash concludes our food segment. So we're, we're, we got, that, right, we got that in there. Can't believe this. So 20- let's do a, a, a 20 personnel staple here and wrap up with what we learned. So this week, your main takeaways. We'll start with whoever wants to go first. I just dropped on you. Michael. Oh, okay. What did you learn this week? Uh, I, I, I learned... <laughs> that we play the Ospreys first. And, you know, speaking of, speaking of prop, prop bets, you know, the, Osp- the Osprey, of course, has two propellers. Yep. Top speed of 351 miles an hour. That's what I learned. Rob? Uh, I learned that you three gentlemen don't think that Donovan Smith is a good quarterback. Oh, I didn't, he say should, oh I didn't say that. He should be the third string moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Instead of the starter. I said he's got the highest ceiling of the three quarterbacks we've seen. So play him. You did. You did play him. That's what I learned. I don't necessarily. <laughs> so I, I had a lot of people on, on Twitter interact and say, like, Donovan Smith opens up the QB run game. I was like, not if he's your last option. <laughs> right. Oh, they would stop calling all those plays if, if he was oh, the and, last guy. Which is why you didn't see him run as much this weekend. Because the, the person behind him is, is Baron Ward. Right. Who's, who's had one snap. And that was a turnover? It wasn't on no, him. Not on him. But it was still, that's just, that's just not a yeah. good, good um, omen. When I was a Our sophomore cow. in high school, I was on the JVB team. I was the only quarterback on the JVB team. And you got to college ball, man. That's a success story. I ran about, dream. A, ran about a 5-2-40. So I wasn't a threat to run the ball or throw it, really. <laughs> but they wouldn't let me run it as if I could because there was nobody behind me. But in the fourth quarter of the last game, they let me run it a little bit. And I got like, you know, four yards. Nice. <laughs> Felt good. You like barely get through the line. You're like, sweet. Uh, what was the question? What did you learn? What today? did you learn this week? Um, I know you were traveling, but what did you learn this week? 
Okay, I was yeah. What did I learn? Um, does it have to be like Texas Tech football related? Not at no. all. No, I just talked about aircraft. I was in Washington D.C. for the third time in my life, and the only time I've had time to like actually go sightseeing. There's some really cool monuments and memorials, and I think I learned that our leaders. 200, 250 years ago, we're a lot smarter than our, our leaders today. <laughs> and I don't mean Not that as a like a podcast. partisan one way or the other, <laughs> but just like you see some of their quotes and you're like, wow, that is much more profound than what, what you would have heard from the, the past several administrations. Today. New and maybe they'll say that about us in 150 years. They'll listen to this podcast and be like, wow, those four <laughs> guys are just so much better than today's sports commentators. Such a grasp of the language. So I saw... Um, Offensive lineman throw a touchdown pass. It's beautiful. Did hashtag fathlete. Fathlete. I yes. think you shared that, Rob. I think that's how I saw it. Yeah. Learned. I this was week. tagged in that three times. <laughs> I almost said it to you. That means like you've got your brand figured yeah, out on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, fat guy brand is my brand. Fathlete. No, no, no. Hashtag fathlete. Hashtag. Yeah. You need some sure. merch, man. We do need the merch. <laughs> I'd buy some fast Don't you merch. have like a sticker on, on your truck too? I do. Yeah. This is like a fat Air, Air Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I, I I learned just just how much support there would be for more offensive linemen 100%. downfield throws. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna send that video to my my nephew. He's a he plays he's the starting center for the Abernathy Antelopes JV team. He played tonight. Lopes. Sorry, last game. Yeah, go Lopes. Um, side story. I almost got kicked out of our game a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I told this story on the podcast. You'll never guess why. <laughs> I wasn't yelling at a ref, dude. Well, it was about officiating, though, wasn't it? No, no, no. I was yelling oh, at the no, opposing the coach. coach. That's right. They, the coach. So they, the opposing team had a player go down with an injury on the Abernathy sidelines. Coach took 30 seconds to realize what had happened and then does like the North Carolina baseball coach, like stroll out there. Right. And I was like, it's okay, coach. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> the, the principal... Also, the AD pops up. And he's like, "Hey, man, we don't share that shit here." I was like, "Come on, dude. First off, I, you don't you don't know what I said." It's family shows. Yeah, anyway, we never cuss on gambling gouges. Yeah, just put the E and you'll be yeah. fine. Explicit hashtag. No, um, so I, I I learned there would be a a, a great number of people that would re- really appreciate an offensive lineman package where you throw down. To, you also saw the, the the Cowboys pull out that package, that wishbone package with two yes. extra offensive linemen. It's awesome. We want to see more athletes. So throwing the ball specifically, but what's your like lowest moment as a player or coach in sports as far as like getting ejected I, or technical foul? Oh, I never we'll, we'll just go around the table here. I didn't hardly play a varsity game. And one time we were up like 50 to nothing in the first half. Against Anton? Against, nope. Oh, okay. Bummer. Against uh, Notre Dame Catholic or something. Some, some school. And I blew up a screenplay. And the guy just falls in front of me. And instead of like frog splashing the guy, because I was already like moving forward, I basically somersaulted over him in slow motion so I didn't crush the guy. And I got hammered for it. And uh, we watched it about 72 times <laughs> in the film session. You should have done that, that, the, the belly flop that we saw. I, oh, I absolutely should have. <laughs> Thinking back, I wish I would have. All right, Michael. So what was the what was the question here? Like, like your lowest point as a as a coach? Parent, yeah, I was thinking more player. like getting ejected from a youth Never sporting event. But oh, I thought you could. Oh, well, here's here was a well, player or coach. Or, here was the low point of me showboating on in JV basketball. I had 
I got to, uh, we were in this tournament and I got to play quite a bit and it had gotten kind of rough and I bloodied a guy's nose with my elbow at one point because, um, you know, they were doing that thing where you got the rebound and then like five of them swarm you. And so then I just started throwing bows <laughs> and I'll never forget how that guy's nose felt on my elbow. And then he had to shoot the, f- the free throws. And so everybody was on my case and they thought I was just some big bully, some jerk. And so I proved him right later because we were only up. We weren't up by very much, but we were up by like seven or eight points or something. And they take a Hail Mary shot towards the basket. And because I'm Captain Badass over here, I goaltend it. <laughs> nice. And it counted. And the bucket counted. And I, I didn't really know how much of a, a head we were. So I very easily could have, like, they could have goaltended and won the game or tied it or something because of me being an idiot. So that was probably my lowest point. I realized all that later, like, oh, not not cool, bro. So listeners of my of our podcast would know, I, I gave Little League updates throughout the season. Right. As a Little League coach this year, we made the the city tournament. Uh, and in the quarterfinal round, like, we we were fourth seed coming out of the Cooper district. So like we, we were low down, but we destroyed our, our, our first game. It was the, the top seeded team from Northwestern. So like we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. We get to the, the quarterfinals and we're getting blasted by like the top seed from the Western little league team. Um, nearly get ejected. There's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a runner on first batter hits a ground ball to our second baseman picks it up, goes to tag the runner who has to run, basically chases him into the outfield. Because remember, this is still seven-year-olds playing baseball. <laughs> so like, I'm already on edge because we're, we're losing big. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little frustrated about this. Not, not of the kid, just the situation. Cause. So the umpire, standing right there, we had two umpires in the game, didn't call runner you know, out of the base path. By the time that, that runner is rounding third, I'm charging out of the dugout. I'm going straight at this this referee, this umpire. Um, I'm screaming at him. I was like, did you not see him in the outfield? And he's like, coach, coach, first off, don't come screaming at me. I was like, did you see him in the outfield? It's <laughs> like, we're going to call him? He's like, well, yeah, I was, was going to call when the play was over. He's like, that is the play. It's not a delayed dead ball. Anyways, a better umpire would have ejected me seeing me come out of the, um, like coming out of the dugout. Yeah, yeah. One, so you're still criticizing 100%. the officiating. Like they didn't eject you soon enough. Immediate toss. <laughs> no, it, 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 yeah, it was like, it, this is a double blow on this umpire. One, he should have been out immediately. Two, should have thrown me out immediately. So anyways, you want to wrap us up with, uh, I've had a few of them. <laughs> yes. I was in a flag football league in high school. Um, do y'all know what the 100-yard drop back is? It's like in Madden, if you're trying to run, right. run the clock out for like 40 seconds, you just drop back and run around in the backfield. We were trying to do that, and the other team took offense to it. And, <laughs> in uh, real life, like you, you were the quarterback. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jacobson, so, just, just run the clock out. Yeah. And so okay. we were like trying to make like the last play of the half to make sure the other team couldn't get the ball back. Or maybe we were just being jerks. I don't remember. But uh, we did that, and the other team didn't like it, um, and it it got heated like verbally. Um, I ran to third base instead of first base when I played t-ball my very first at bat. Yeah, it's tough. That was that was yeah. We started pretty low. That was my very first sports moment period, and it was also maybe my worst. Got teed up in a intramural basketball game at Tech. It's probably not a good look. 
I was asked to quiet down as a heckler several times. One time we gave this old guy who was playing for Rogers State during my chaparral days so much crap. He was bald, but it like... He had like the hair, like the easy horseshoe now. old man. Easy, yeah, well, easy, but easy he's twenty two, right? <laughs> hey, he's look. He looked like he was forty five. He's easy now. <laughs> he looked like he was forty five. So we're just like, you're old, you're an old man. Just like giving it to him. Well, I didn't go to the restaurant afterwards, but my two buddies that were giving it to him went to Raising Cane's afterwards. Roger State pulls up, and that guy comes in and pulls up a seat backwards at their table. He's like. Am I old now? <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. You actually are. You still are. Uh, I wish I would have been there. Could, uh, can I pay for your meal? Yeah. Uh, yeah can, we, can we get your meal here? Hey, yeah. Great can game. Great game tenders tonight. And, and some extra sauce. Yeah. All right. For, for Gambling Gauchos, Rob and Kyle, be sure to check out their, their show anywhere you can get podcast Gambling Gauchos on the Twitter. You can also obviously follow us at 23Personnel, at PuntSuck, at Michael underscore LBK at Rob Bro Show at underscore Kyle Jacobson for Kyle, Rob, and Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. <laughs>